Welcome to the Wheels Up Podcast, the resource to help business, executive, and VIP travelers stay safe on the ground and in the air. Join Executive Protection and Travel Security Specialist Troy Clayton as he shares tips on how to give yourself or those in your care a safe journey, no matter where your travels take you. Hello and welcome to the Wheels Up Podcast. We are clear for takeoff. Troy Clayton, how are you doing? Hey, Brett, how are Very well, thank you. Welcome back. Um, I'm looking forward to today's episode. Previously, we have talked about kidnapping and, and how to survive captivity and what have you. But what's been in the news a little bit recently, and it turns out it does come up more often than I thought, but my awareness just hasn't been on it, is the issue of stalkers and death threats and so on. And what, what put it on my radar was there was a, a news item that came up on my feed somewhere about Margot Robbie, the Australian actress, oh who had been receiving death threats from various people for various things. And in an interview, I think it was with Grazia magazine, she, or Grazia magazine, she mentioned that um, it's costing her a bit of money because she's having to get background checks and all those sorts of things done on people. Um, we'll get into that in a minute. And then when I looked a bit further and discussed it with you, you sent me some links back. Taylor Swift, she's had stalking. Uh, Lana Del Rey, I know you want to talk about her in a minute. Um, and one of my assistants has just put Bella Hadid. She's a supermodel. She had a restraining order successfully taken against someone today. All of this relates to stalking and threatening behaviour. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, um, it's not until you sort of uh, start Googling that you realise that it's actually a lot more common than what you, you probably thought. I mean, um, there's multiple cases out there, high-profile cases out there, and you, you've obviously mentioned a couple there. And most recently there was... Uh, Lana Del Rey, um, where the, um, I think it was Orlando, I'd have to double check, but the, um, the, uh, the state police there uh, thwarted a, uh, um, a stalking case or a case of a stalker who was, um, was potentially looking to um, kidnap and, and harm her. So, yeah, it definitely does occur. So just for, for those of us who don't know, including me, who, who is Lana Del Rey? Uh, she's a US singer. Um, I'm not a, oh, wow. I'm not okay. A, Got it. No, no, singer, singer. Oh, singer. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Right. So uh, qu- question that arises from that is how does a stalker become known? Like I know in some cases they're quite overt. You know, they'll leave threatening notes. In the case of uh, Taylor Swift, her family was receiving threatening emails and stuff. Is it always that obvious or do sometimes they just kind of lurk in the background? How, how, does, a, how does someone know they're being stalked? Well, you've, uh, that, that's a good question. I mean, um, having done a little bit of research on it, um, I, I kind of asked myself the same question. Um, and there was a, uh, a psychologist, criminal psychologist that I, I started reading. Um, and his name uh, is Chris Mohandy. He's a psychologist out of the US. And he, he, um, he consults on stalking cases. And he says that there's four types of stalkers that are, that are there. There's public figure stalkers uh, with no prior relationship um, to the actual um, victim. Uh, sort of similar to, to the celebrity uh, cases that we just sort of spoke about. There's um, private stranger stalker, so someone who crosses paths with the victim at some stage. Um, and uh, then there's the acquaintance stalker. So this could be like a co-worker or a classmate. Um, so they don't actually know, they, they may not know them intimately, but they, they are uh, acquainted with them at some stage. Um, and then there's the fourth, um, which he says is the most common and the most dangerous, uh, and that's the intimate stalker. And that's sort of, um, I guess that's more commonplace in uh, domestic abuse cases. Right. So that would be like a, a jilted lover type thing. 
Yeah, uh, you, look, it could be a jilted lover. It could be um, certainly could be an ex, uh, an ex partner in in some cases. So yeah, for sure. Right. So are there usually threats involved in that, or can sometimes the stalking just be, you know, I, I want to be around that person. I want to see them. Yeah. Look, I mean, it, it, stalking has um, its own definition, I guess, and, and each state. Uh, in fact, each country would, would differ slightly, but across Australia, I guess the legislation is, is quite similar. But it could be, it'd be everything from following another person, person loitering around um, either outside their house or, or um, their home or, or workplace, um, entering or interfering with property uh, in the possession of another person, um, giving or sending offensive material, um, publishing or transmitting um, threats either by the internet or electronically, whether text message or whatnot, um, or even harassing family members. So, you know, it, it's quite broad. There's, there's, there's several things or several uh, items that you could tick off there, um, or it could just be one of those. So any one of those could be considered stalking. And it could, it's, I guess it can be interpreted by the actual the victim themselves. So whether they perceive it as being stalked, if they're being harassed, um, if they feel that they're at threat, or if they're in fear of that person, then yeah, absolutely. That'd be that'd be considered stalking, right? So, what are the actions that someone should take if they think they're being stalked, or if, if there's clear evidence that they're being stalked? Who do they go to? What do they do? So, I guess the first point of call would be um, the police. Um, so, obviously, definitely informing the police is a good measure, and uh, and it assists with um, creating or, or documenting the case if there's a, a history of it occurring. Um, um, that psychologist um, that I spoke of earlier, he. He mentions that early intervention is, is key. Um, getting in early is is, um, is the best bet and getting up there straight away. Uh, inform others, inform the family, inform any, any family members that you have, uh, any close friends so that they're aware of it. Um, they, can, um, they can monitor if, you know, something is, is untoward as well. Uh, and, and the fact is that their lives actually may be in danger as well. So um, there are cases where stalkers have... Um, uh, harmed friends and family to get to that that particular person that they're after. Um, if there's any messages or correspondence coming back from your stalker, keep that, and you can also provide that to the police. So that would be, I guess, your your first port of call. Um, I guess the other sort of measures that you could take if you felt at risk would be to start looking at um, your residence. Um, some preventative measures, including you know CCTV cameras uh, at your house. Uh, making sure that you, you know, your doors and your windows have got the, you know, appropriate locks on it, um, and, and just basically do a general security audit of your house, or have someone come in and do a security audit at your house. Um, alternate your routes to and from work. So if you if you think you're being followed, change your routine up. Um, walk or drive with with friends. So you could carpool for a for a while while the um, um, while the the stalking is occurring, um, and then that also gives you a bit of peace of mind. It also allows, a, a, you know, I guess a, a witness. Um, to be there and, and see what's going on as well. Um, I would probably reconsider any social media presence. And, I mean, it doesn't just occur for um, celebrities. Uh, I mean, the Kim Kardashian case was a classic example of um, celebrities posting every move that they do at that instance um, of where they are, what they're doing, um, when they're going to be somewhere. Uh, it, it opens up the opportunity of attack. It opens up the opportunity of... Um, someone um, stalking that particular person. So um, so be aware of that. I, I would um, certainly reconsider any social media posting during that time that you, you feel that you're at risk. Um, you know, if it is a high-profile person, whether it be Kim Kardashian or, or someone in between, 
um, you know, consider engaging an EP team uh, or, or security, a security consultant for that period. Um, you know, they can provide you with some, some advice on um, best ways to go about um, getting from point A to point B safely, I guess. Right, okay. So for the average person, um, like, you know, obviously Margot Robbie she's, and Taylor Swift, they've both got pretty good means and so they would know to reach out to a, to a professional bodyguard. For, for someone who doesn't have those means, is there a risk that they could go to a, a local security company and, and not really get the type of care um, th that they probably need in this situation? Oh, yeah, look, there's always that risk. Uh, you know, there's, there's always um, dodgy companies out there that say they can do something and they may not necessarily know how to do it. Um, you know, but uh, it would be a case of you know, going through and doing the due diligence with the security company that you're talking, talking with. Um, you know, I know we've done a previous episode on, on how to hire a bodyguard and how to uh, hire an executive protection um, company, I believe it was. But, you know, there's a whole checklist there. You can go through all of those questions or part of those questions and that, that would certainly assist if you are looking to go down that track. Right, okay. Now, the other thing that struck me about the Margot Robbie thing was she was she was quoted as saying that she spends money on background checks on these stalkers or these alleged stalkers. So yeah. I'm curious, how effective is that? Does it really tell you whether a threat should be taken seriously or not? And, and what if you don't know the identity of the perpetrator? How, do you, how would you go about either doing a background check or even getting a restraining order for that matter? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that she had that in that article. I mean, background checks are, are a great way to conduct some sort of due diligence on, on someone or an entity, but I guess it's only as good as um, the information that digs up and it provides. Um, it, you know, it can tell you a lot about their history and what they have done, but, you know, it can't really tell you about their current state of mind. So, um, yes, it would be helpful uh, if you know that person, um, if I guess they were employed in, in some capacity, working with you, um, I suspect that, you know, the company would do those sorts of checks anyway. Um, but, you know, it's, it's obviously impossible to conduct a background check on someone that you don't know. So, uh, you know, realistically, it has its limitations. Um, you know, it's possible that a background check may indicate red flags, but, you know, they're, they're not 100% foolproof. Got it. So, Troy, what I noticed about all the, all the examples that we talked about so far today, uh, they've all been about women as the, the victims of the stalker. Is that... Always the case, do you know, or are there cases where, where men have been stalked and um, have been in, in peril as such? Look, I don't know specific cases, but I do know some of the, the statistics on it. Um, it. It is actually, we, we sort of spoke about um, uh, how common, or you asked how common it is earlier, I think, and, you know, it is quite common within Australia. Um, the Australian Bureau of Statistics in 2012 did a survey and they reported that one in five women will experience stalking at some stage in their, in their life and, and one in 13 men will actually experience uh, stalking in some case uh, in, uh, in, in their life. Um, it, it's interesting though that um, women are more likely to be obviously exposed to stalking by men and it's close to 95% of the cases um, um, that they are stalked by men and obviously the remainder being stalked by women. However, men are just as likely to be stalked by men as they are by women. So it's almost a 50-50 split for, for men. Wow. Wow. In fact, just as you were saying that, I reminded myself, I saw an article on an item on the news last night where the, uh, the perpetrator of the stalking was a woman, but the victim was also a woman because uh, the, 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 the perpetrator suspected that she was having an affair with her husband. So... Um, yeah, I know the case you're talking about, actually. Um, 
it was uh, it, it was um, a story about I think I believe the name was Dana Rulon. Yes. And the one. yeah, yeah. I mean, we spoke about it. You know, is this just for celebrities? I guess the answer is no. It's not just for celebrities. You know, Dana was just an everyday person. Um, you know, she was stopped for months by her ex-partner or ex-husband's partner, uh, now partner, uh, who who actually incorrectly thought Dana was in, still involved with him. So she um, she had a, a fit of jealous rage, and um, her and uh, I believe um, I don't know, I think I don't think it was the ex-husband, but it was another partner uh, and another accomplice went into broke into Dana's apartment, ended up dousing her with methylated spirits and set her on fire. So she had burns to over sixty percent of her body and into her face and. Um, you know, obviously that's an extreme case, but you know she was she was lucky to survive that. Wow. Alrighty. So, um, all right. So the the bottom line, Troy, the, the the big surprise for me out of this discussion is like I, I thought we were going to be talking mainly about celebrities, but then when you popped up there and said that the intimate relationships here the most common and the most dangerous, that's a big surprise to me. And oh. here was an example right right in front of me, which I hadn't actually realised was a, a a stalking type situation. So now obviously there's not a lot of that. that that Dana could have done to prepare herself for that because you know she was dealing with a, a sick woman and it was kind of a random thing. There wasn't much warning, mm. but I guess my takeaway from this is anyone who, if they do witness any form of stalking type behaviour, mm. is, is jump onto it early and, and get some professional help. Go to the police first, obviously, and then yep. if necessary, reach out to someone like yourselves for adv advice on the close personal security side of things. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and the other thing too is like if. Look, it's pretty unlikely that the that you won't get the um, the result that you want with the police. Um, but in the instance that you you know you have any issues, you can always go to a, a you know a, a professional security risk management company, and then they can sort of take up that case for you. I mean, it, it is possible that um, they can then um, assist or walk you through the process of the restraining order and and whatnot, whether that be through with the police or through um, the civil courts. Um, and, and there is a, a process that needs to be followed, but um, certainly a, a company can assist. But look, the first port, port of call would be the police. Uh, for whatever reason, you don't get any help there or you're, you're potentially too afraid to go to the police. Yeah. Um, you can go to, there are other avenues, yeah, for sure. Right, okay. So hiring your beefy cousins and getting them to counter threat the perpetrator, that's not a recommended strategy. Look, I'm sure it, um, it does occur and, and it, it quite possibly does get some, uh, results in some cases, but uh, uh, look, if, if you're talking about a domestic violence situation, that can sometimes make things worse by by bringing you know, the big beefy family member into into the middle of it. So certainly, we would um, advocate going to the police in the first instance or to a uh, security risk management company that has experience in this sort of thing. Too easy. All right. Well, um, yeah. So thanks for your insights, Troy. I hope some of the listeners, uh, you know, get some guidance out of this because it's. It's a field that, uh, you know, if, if someone's got no experience in it, you, you wouldn't quite know what to do. So no doubt you've given them some tips there that are useful. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, no worries. Uh, see you on the next episode. Now, while we've still got our listeners here, um, so the Panoptic Solutions website, panopticsolutions.com, uh, is where you can find more, find out more about Troy. And also, if, if you're on iTunes or whatever your favourite um, podcast listening appers please jump on and give us a review because that helps us get more exposure um a five-star review is always always the best if you can and just just leave some comments and leave some feedback that, that would be much appreciated thanks again troy thanks mate appreciate it you've been listening to the wheels up podcast with troy clayton 
For more information, show notes, resources, and subscription options, visit wheelsuppodcast.net. Wheels Up is brought to you by the Experts On Air Podcast Network. Until next time, safe travels.